In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. He said to them, why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? To be honest, I think we could turn a lot of corners in this world if we would only pause to ask ourselves that question. Why are you afraid? What's going on? What base fear has gripped you so hard that try as you might, you just can't shake it loose? If there is one thing that's true, it's that fear can be a powerful motivator, sometimes positively, but often negatively. And so it is no wonder that fear and our reaction to it make frequent appearances throughout the long narrative arc of our scriptures. There's something deep within the human condition that makes it all too easy to assume the worst and to let our actions be governed by those emotions. In the gospel passage appointed for today, the dynamics of fear and the invitation to move beyond it are central to this story. After a long day of teaching and offering parables to a crowd that had gathered along the shore, Jesus and his disciples begin to make their way to the other side of that body of water. Using the same boat that served as a pulpit for Jesus to teach from earlier in the day, we soon see that the boat has one more lesson it will help to impart. Having several fishermen among their ranks, the disciples who traveled with Jesus would have been mindful of the storms that sometimes make their way across the Sea of Galilee. And as a consequence, as a consequence, they would have been especially attuned to the havoc they can wreak. In fact, as the wind and the waves crashed across the deck of that tiny boat, I wonder, I wonder if the chaos and the uncertainty of that moment felt like a triggering reminder of a reminder of their previous lives before they had come to know Jesus, before they could turn to him for help. Although, although what I think I find most interesting in this story, which is perhaps what I also find most convicting about it, is that the turn the disciples make to seek Christ, to address him and ask for his help, doesn't seem to be their first move. As the skies darken and the wind picks up and the waves begin to whitecap, instead what seems to happen is that the disciples steadily, and then all of a sudden, become utterly gripped by fear. It's as if they forget that Jesus is even with them until the moment comes when it becomes clear to them that they really might sink. As I said before, there's something deep within the human condition that makes it all too easy to assume the worst and to let our actions be governed by those emotions. There's something, there's something that makes it all too easy to let fear trick us into believing that we're alone and that we have to hold it all 
and that if we don't act quick, the water will soon rise all the way above our heads. Thinking about this impulse, I was recently reminded of a story Bruce Larson tells in his book, Believe and Belong. A Presbyterian pastor who has gone on to glory, Reverend Larson recalls a moment in which he is attempting to provide pastoral care to a man who is really struggling with his own need to feel in control. Unable to break through at first, the two men take a walk down the avenue until they reach the large statue of Atlas that stands in front of Rockefeller Center here in New York. As pretty much all of us know, Atlas, strong and muscular as he appears to be, is strained and near exhaustion as he carries the weight of the world on his shoulders. After seeing this, Reverend Larson then takes the man across the street to St. Patrick's Cathedral. And there, after making their way down the long Gothic nave, they circle behind the high altar and find a statue of the boy Jesus, who, as it would happen, is also carrying the world, represented by a small orb in the palm of his hand. But unlike Atlas, Unlike Atlas, Jesus is not strained or struggling. He is comfortably, effortlessly holding the entire world and radiating peace. It's been said, it's been said that the stilling of the storm, that this story, is ultimately a confrontation between the dynamics of fear and those of trust. And if we map this story across our own lives, it likely won't take long for us to notice and name the same dynamics at work. Just like the disciples, we have all confronted storms that seemingly come out of nowhere, and we have all been overtaken by fear in the midst of trial. This reaction is not surprising. If anything, if anything, it's quite understandable. And if I'm being honest, it's a feeling that I know well. Because when I look back on some of the worst challenges I've faced, and even many of the everyday challenges too, I think the thing that made those scenes so awful, so unbearable, is that I forgot that God was there. Like the statue of Atlas, I thought I had to hold it all, absurd as that might seem. And so it's no wonder, it's no wonder that when God meets us in those moments, he's a little exasperated, he's a little annoyed. Like a parent coming to a child who is about to hurt themselves, grasping for an item that is out of reach, Jesus sees our straining and struggling only to ask us again, why? Why do you keep trying to go it alone? Speaking for myself in those instances, the only answer I can often seem to muster is to say, I'm sorry, Lord, I'm sorry. But fear is a powerful drug. That said, the unending grace in moments like those is that God already knows that. It's probably one of the reasons why do not be afraid is one of the most common admonitions in the Bible 
because boy, is it one that needs to be repeated. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I know trusting is hard, and I know it takes time. But wow, does it sure beat the alternative. Yes, fear is a powerful drug, but the consequence of too much of it can really be quite dire. And so I think, I think we have to make a habit. I think we have to make a practice, a spiritual practice of choosing to trust. I think we have to be willing to let God meet us in storms, to let God meet us in stories like this one, so that we can remember the promise we so often forget. He said to them, "Why are you afraid? Why are you afraid?" I think we are afraid because the world can be a truly scary place sometimes, and because in those moments we have to face the limits of our humanity. But as today's gospel shows us, God is present throughout the length of the storm, even if we lose our heads and forget that He's there. And as we come to encounter Christ, as we see. More and more, what that presence looks like, we can enter into and take in the profound peace that Jesus embodies, that Jesus never fails to offer. Who is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? This is Christ. This is the one who brings order out of chaos, who covenants with creation, who defeats death and the grave, who sustains the whole world, and holds it comfortably, effortlessly, in the palm of his hand. This is the living God, who meets us in fear, and asks us to trust that He really can hold it all. Because he really can. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Amen.